This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. I was just telling the boys and girls <laughs> below that I'm all over the place. I'm still so excited from last night. I can't even begin to tell you how amazing and fantastic today has been. But before we get into any of that, first of all, let me welcome my guests. So I want to welcome back Suburban Guna Chris, who's I've missed his rants about Cedric and it's just his rants. Welcome back, young Christopher. You won't get any, thank you, you won't get any rants from me today. You'll only get positivity, happiness, uh, endorphins and all of that jazz because, yeah, in a good place right now, people. Considering place. where you've been and what you know, where you've been for the last week, I'm not surprised you're all mellowed out. Then coming back to this is just the most perfect present to land to, isn't it? Really, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Right, and my little sidekick, who's with me most weeks now, my lovely little Cookie below. I've got to call him Cookie for everybody because we've got two Jameses, and I'm going to get confused. So, Cookie, welcome to the show. Hello again. I'm not so sure about the little. But um, I suppose on here I do look, you know, like you're towering over me. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very well. Looking forward to this tonight. <laughs> oh, me too. Um, and welcome back to the show. My one of my favourites, um, one of my close buddies. Just I love him to pieces. LL Cool J, James Johnson. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal pod. Good evening. Thank you very much. Yeah, someone has to do it, and that someone is you. So thank you very much. It's me. So, first of all, I need to apologise to Cookie because yesterday I was like, should we go post-game live if we win? Should we do it? Should we not? Uh, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to talk such utter nonsense, more nonsense than I normally t- talk because I was all over the place like everybody else. Right. Hello, everybody in the chat room. Thank you so much for joining us. Um I actually, I've got so many things to say, but I'm going to leave it to the guests as well, obviously. Um, We're all in a very good mood. If you're top of the league, can you press like, please? And if you're top of the league, can you please subscribe? There we go. Got that in quick, didn't I? Um, Everyone in the chat room, whatever we talk about, please ask us questions. We're going to answer everything. 
we're all on a high. I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, Cookie, how did you feel with the build-up? And this is going to go to all of you, and I know Suburban is a little bit different for you because you was abroad, but how have you been? Because I have been since about Thursday plutzing and stressing and, like, all the what-ifs, you know, and obviously City had to play United before us on the Saturday and I personally weirdly wanted City to win because I think United are better than City at the moment but we'll get to that in a second um how was your build-up I I did feel relatively calm to be honest because I feel like take Spurs out of the equation it is a game that player for player we were seeing all these combined 11s going into the game just like there's only one obvious player that I would take out of that Spurs team. And based on yesterday's performance, I wouldn't even have him at the minute. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I was feeling quietly confident. I didn't want to, you know, be too confident because, you know, going into these games, it's a derby, anything can happen. But our form has been so good. We look so imposing, so dominant going into games, as we showed yesterday. We had every reason to be confident. Obviously, when the game came round, I was feeling a little bit jittery, a bit nervous yesterday. But I don't think we've got any reason to doubt this Arsenal team. I wouldn't care if they were playing Bayern Munich or, you know, whoever. I feel like we can honestly beat anyone at the minute. And we've we've gone through so many stern tests this season that we would have crumbled at last season. And it all started from that away day victory on the first game of the season against Crystal Palace. And we've just carried it on from there. Team's looking really good. We're just oozing with confidence. Cookie, you've gone through the whole thing. I just said, how did you feel? That's still my build-up. I've not, I've not done the game, Amanda. I've not done the I've, game. It's all my build-up. You, you wanted me to talk about my emotions. Here I am. I'm pouring my heart out to you. You, you want me to stop? <laughs> and okay, I'm okay. I'll you. stop. I'll stop. <laughs> um, James, what was your feeling Saturday? Did you want City or United? Have you got the result you wanted with United beating City or not? I, pre- I would have preferred a draw, but I said a couple of days before that Man United are definitely getting a point or three points out of that game. I did not see City winning that game at all. Um, and then I was not worried at all about our game Sunday. Not worried one bit? Nope. You're not normal. No. No, they're awful. They're abs- look at their defence. You look at our attacker. We ain't even got our main man. Yeah, we, we, you knew we were going to... I was like, Paul, when Paul Merson was in there and they were all like, oh, come on, Paul, you bit... And he was like, well, what? What have you got that's going to scare Arsenal? Yeah, he, Paul Merson was brilliant yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, but he, he was, was he was honest. He, he, was, he, he, he said exactly, I felt like what I thought in my head was coming out of his mouth on the television. I loved did it. You, did you see when he, and the, whoever it was with him went, all right, we might as well go home then because Arsenal are going to win. He yeah. said, yeah, Arsenal are going to win. Yeah, yeah. So you weren't nervous at all. No. I was really, I'm always nervous. I just think it's my age and the fact that I've supported this club for about 45 years or whatever it is. And these these are the big games, aren't they, Suburban? So you booked your holiday because it was your <laughs> wife's 40th. Happy 40 to your lovely, the management. And did you not realise that you'd be flying home during the North London derby? Well, when I when we booked it, it was um, before they changed the uh, fixtures and stuff. And I made the assumption that it would be on a Saturday, probably an early morning thing or something like that. But yeah, a bit of a faux pas on that part. I have rewatched the game, though. Um, in, in in its entirety so uh, since then but yeah pre-game bit weird but it was also super uncomfortable because I couldn't watch it live because I was literally in the air flying back um, and as I was saying to you just before we went live 
my hands were like there was a nervousness on the entire flight it's a 10 hour flight so i started like in the morning uk time and i was nervous the whole time also because i couldn't get any wi-fi signal whatsoever on the oh plane so I, I, I had like a complete media blackout so in terms of the comparative um prep or, or the way in which all of you guys uh, approached or absorbed the match for me it was just terrible i tried to console myself with lots of different movies and things but i spent half the time like not really paying attention to what was on the screen and keeping repeatedly looking at my phone to see if the wi-fi would reconnect and alas it didn't and then we'll get to the game in itself but i can only as i said to you before and i can only log 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 on when we touched down which was on about the 85th 86th minute and all of a sudden you got all of these whatsapps popping in about how, how different groups that you're in uh, different groups that i'm in saying you know this is happening that is happening and then you get to the I, I managed to fire up my sky girl on my phone and just see what's happening unfolding and yeah elation but then also all of that stress and nervousness it just evaporated away yeah, I, I can sort of get that. I mean, it, it was weird because I, I I just went out with um with Carl and the dog for a walk in the morning just to sort of clear my head and just sort of, I just get so stressed. I think it's because where I've grown up, you're either Arsenal Spurs, you know, and I've, my whole life is surrounded by Arsenal Spurs. And, and you feel like this massive pressure because the pressure is on us every single game now, regardless of whether you think we're going to win, the pressure's on. And that in, that that sort of added to the pressure of a North London derby. Then I was worried about quite a few of the people I knew there because of, you know, the, the uh, trouble that goes on out. I hate all that. And I think it just built up and I thought, Tottenham cannot beat us. We are too good. They cannot beat us. Please can't, we, we can't have an off day. You know, I did this tweet that, Wow, it went a little bit viral, which was hilarious. Everything we spoke about, Cookie, do you remember last week when we said Harry Kane will get his penalty? Um, the ref will, you know, VAR will go against us. We'll have Saliba and Saka get booked, which then means they'll miss United. Um, Richard Keyes will blame Arteta for everything and all this. I did this whole massive tweet Saturday morning um, where millions of people, hundreds of people uh, retweeted it because that's how we all felt. Yet not one of the things that I tweeted in all the six points I did came true. And it was my reverse psychology, everyone. So you can thank me. This is the reason we won. It was reverse psychology. I had a lot of Tottenham fans go for me and say, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, no, no, Harry Kane gets his standard penalty every time against us or scores. Um, but, but it was just like I was looking forward to it a little bit more than I was nervous. But I said we wouldn't lose. I really thought we'd get a draw. Um, everyone on our podcast last week, apart from me, thought we'd win. Um, I I didn't. I just thought I just thought they're just they're just going to do it. Um, I, I think what's happening, everybody, is I'm waiting for us to collapse because it's year after year is the same thing, and I think that's what's happening. Where I'm just so nervous, but 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 it was just an amazing feeling. Obviously, we'll go through the game. So, Cookie. Um, the team is what we expected. Now, during the game, I was screaming for Arteta to be, bring Tierney on. Not that I don't love Sinchenko, but I think Tierney, we needed him. So we're going to discuss that in a moment. But, Cookie, the team comes out. 
What, what was your prediction last week, by the way? So I know you went for a win, didn't you? I think I was overly confident. I went for something like a 4-0. Um, I'd have to yeah. go back and have a look. But I know, I know I was feeling confident. And I saw a lot of people in the build-up to, to the game following that United result saying that, oh, you know, a draw is absolutely fine. Um, just go there and don't lose. I was like, that's not the attitude we should be having. We should definitely be going into this game thinking we absolutely should win it. Because like I was saying earlier, player for player, we've got a better team. We're playing much better football. Spurs, that Palace result aside which you know, was very flattering on them because they definitely weren't worthy of a 4-0 winning that game. We had to win this game. No ifs, no buts. We're a better team than them. Doesn't matter if we're home or away. Yeah. If we play our football, we've got to win this game. And that's exactly uh, what we did. And on that note, I've actually forgotten the question you've put to me. There isn't. Do you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm, I have to apologise. I'm absolutely useless tonight because I'm just sitting here going through the game in my head, forgetting I'm the host and not a guest. So I'm going to gonna switch. All I'm saying, Cookie, is, I mean, we obviously we want to talk about the whole game, but, but Chris, because you weren't here, Cookie and James, how good, how good was the first half? I mean, on a scale of one to ten, what would you give that first half, Cooks? Ooh. If that party goal had gone in, it would oh, be a ten. What I should. I, I think, you know, it, it's a nine. It's got to be a nine. There were, I mean, think maybe two chances Spurs had. There was that one off Kane um, where Ramsdale made a great save. And there, there was one other one, which I can't quite remember. But again, oh, the Sessegnon one, which is also a great save. Um, Ramsdale was brilliant, by the way. And I'm sure we'll talk about him as well. But for large parts of that game, we had Kane playing in between the centre-halves, playing at left-back, the same for Son. We just had them camped in their own half. And it was just, it was bullish. And that's what you want to see when you go to Spurs away. It was fantastic. So what out of 10 would you give it? Nine. Okay, I was thinking nine. We've got Karen Russell giving it 11. Nigel Plum giving it 11. James? Yeah, it's a solid nine. Um, it, it would have been a 10 if Eddie and Ketia scored that one where Larice made his first mistake. Um, sadly, yeah. he, just, he, just, he just rushed at it with his left foot. But, you know, he did everything right yesterday, apart from score, Eddie. Yeah. And, and that's um, what's going on, isn't it? He's doing yes. everything right. Every single thing you want him to do, he's doing right. But Jesus is the Jesus is the same. He had not been scoring, but doing everything right, James. But but this is the thing, Amanda, right? Um, everybody was going about, they were worried about Eddie. And I was saying to him, look, don't, don't panic. Because I've always said this guy is a top tier goal scorer. Mm. Like he'll always find that mo- mo- he's never scored a goal outside the box. So the guy's a poacher, you know, he's a marksman. But I said he's developing from just being that goal scorer into a better footballer, which is sadly what you never, when we had a Bamiyang and Lacassette, you had a Bamiyang that was a great goal scorer, but in terms of a footballer, nowhere near. You had Lacassette that was a bit of a better footballer, but he had no pace and he didn't have the goals. Now we've got Jesus that does both. Okay, he didn't score as much before he got injured and everything else. And you've got Eddie that scored. But Eddie is slowly developing into a better footballer that's linking up. the. He ran that back three ragged yesterday that allowed the space for the other players to do what they needed to do. That's the best, one of the best games I've ever seen Eddie play. And he didn't and score. What- and that's what Carl said. Eddie was awesome, yeah. worked his ass off, yeah. and he absolutely did. Um, but he does most games. He does. I, I'm, yeah. you know, it's just, could you imagine if he could just convert some goals, honestly, uh, convert a little bit more than he's doing? It'd be awesome. And the fact that Jesus is to come back, and obviously Emil Smith Rowe's just starting to come back as well. 
Um, you know, I'm not going to mention Mudrick. Is anyone disappointed that we didn't spend that sort of money and get him? Because I honestly not after, thought... Not after all that. No, obviously no. not. But if we would have lost, I think there would have been a lot of that um, yesterday. Yeah, but that's that would have been from people that you expected to be from. That wouldn't have been a shot, you know. That's, so what? Th th those type of people I don't listen to anyway. No, no. <laughs> but the thing is, I've always, and you know this, James, um, you know that I won't discuss transfers. I don't do transfers. I don't do any of it. For the yeah. last 10 years, I've been on podcasts. Still don't think I'm, we're going to win the league yet. I'm I not interested. Yeah, I know, yeah, no. I all of that. Yeah, but let me yeah. tell you what happened this week. I got reeled in to this mudrick. I thought we were going to sign him. I start talking about him. And hello, and I'm still convinced, 10 minutes before uh, Fabrizio, whatever the journalist is, came out and said he's gone, Chelsea have gone in. I was still convinced. So, Chris, this is why I say to you, I don't discuss transfers. Until they sign, I am never discussing another transfer. I don't even do it anyway. So, I got reeled in. But anyone upset about it? I'm... He doesn't look very happy, to be honest, going to Chelsea. <laughs> but... <laughs> Anyway, I think the challenge that we that they and he, they will have he will have is much like Nicolas Pepe, he's now going to be labelled as a hundred million euros or eighty eight million pound Mikhaila Mudrik. Every time he has an off game, he's going to have that's going to be labelled against him, and um, you kind of want it to just absolutely fall apart, don't you? Particularly with what's happening at Chelsea and their approach, their scattergun approach. I think the the thing that is more upsetting or worrying for me on that, I know we want to talk about the game and not Mudrick, but just quickly on Mudrick. The worry is that Arsenal put so many of those eggs in the basket is that what happens now? I think that the club are probably genuinely stunned about yeah. how it's happened. And they're probably all now looking around going, right, well, what do we do now? That's my big worry is that, we either, we either see, I don't think we'll see a reactionary just bring someone in, but maybe like Vlarovic last season, they'll just say, do you know what? We we can't, you know, we're not just going to get a random in. I'll probably see people saying things like Ivan Tony and stuff like that, but he's not the sort of play. He's not going to take us to the next level. So, but, And as much as you're upset, and I agree with Hatchie, he will be a good player, but we can't pay that much for him. I mean, seriously, it's like... It's like top trumps, isn't it, what Chelsea were doing? Good luck. Go there. He doesn't look happy anyway. And he was twerking for Arsenal for about two weeks. Amanda, we, we have been played this whole time. If you look at this deal, they've organised for when the war's over that there's going to be a friendly. They've yeah. given £24 million to the war fund. There's something or other about the geezer that was there. When have you ever seen the owner or the sporting director of a club walk out on the pitch with the player? No, I'm like I'm like this is this has been done for weeks. They've been like play Arsenal up because then Chelsea are going to you know this More is money. a genius move from Shakhtar and his agent. Good luck to him. Yeah, but there's no way there's no way that they've just done this in the three days. This has been weeks and weeks planned in advance. Him on Instagram, everything. Good luck to him. Don't care. Move on. Anyway, let's not talk about him. He plays for Chelsea. Good luck to him. Um... Bad luck to him. <laughs> yeah, bad luck. To him. We don't really care. You look unhappy, but maybe you didn't have a choice. Um, so, Cookie, Cookie. Um, right, sorry, James. What did you, Suburban? What did you give that first half? Because we, yeah, it was definitely a nine. nine. I think it was definitely nine. a nine. I wrote down when I was watching it earlier the word control because that's what it felt like. It felt like the most controlled and dominant 
uh, team performance in a North London derby that I can remember. Even the game where we went three nil up in the first half, not was it last? That was last season, wasn't it? Um, at the Emirates, like we controlled that through essentially making it a non-event by blitzing them with three goals quite early. But this was more like the sort of game that I've seen Man City and Liverpool do against other big six teams for the last five or six years. We never, ever seem to have those games where we just look in control. And then even though there were some things in the second half, which we'll get to, which maybe slightly were a bit nervous and Ramsdale came to our rescue a couple of times, it felt like very much that type of team at the top of the league gets their two goals and then almost plays within themselves and just sees the match match out. And for me, that's that's one of the most heartening things about what we witnessed yesterday. And and it's interesting, isn't it, Cookie, that the word dominant, as what Chris said, is the word I was thinking of. It was calm. It was controlled. Tottenham couldn't get the ball off us. Um, and, and let's just talk about the build-up for the first goal. I, I also I, I need to talk about each player. It was really hard to give a man of the match yesterday. I swapped between Erdegaard and Ramsdale within a few minutes. But... Our, our midfield, we have to talk about Thomas Party Cookie. How good is that player? Oh, <laughs> what a player. Um, he, he's the one that I'm probably most worried about if he was yeah. to get injured, um, and as I'm sure we all are because, you know, we can talk about players that could come in in this window to fill in for him, but there is genuinely no other player like him. There just isn't. At the minute, there's no one that is on his level in terms of what he brings defensively, in terms of control, in terms of what he does going forward. You know, we used to play a 4 2 3 1 where we needed someone alongside Partey, but we, we, we're in a position now where we can just have him on his own, occupying that position, and he does everything. You know, there's, there's no, um, it's no coincidence that when he was at Atletico Madrid, they used to call him the octopus because he's just absolutely everywhere. And we're so lucky to have a player like him because, you know, compare him to someone like Casemiro at um, Manchester United, who's doing a great job. But he's, he's very much a traditional defensive midfielder, whereas I wouldn't really regard Partey as that. You, you don't really see him making crunching tackles all the time because we're so in control of the game and uh, dictating how it's played out that... He's in a position now where he's able to pick the right pass. I mean, it was it was his ball over the top, wasn't it, for the first goal? Um, he's just such a, an influential player on this team. And yeah, he, he is the one that if he does get injured, the drop-off to Elneny or Lekonga, that, that is the one I worry about a lot. Um, Chris, best midfielder in the, the country at the moment, in the league? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Without a shadow of a doubt, unless you're going to talk about players like Martin Erdegaard. No. Um, and you know, it's funny. A, someone said that. But if you're, if, you're, if you're looking at looking at Erdegaard as a midfielder, and it depends on you know which sort of team sheet you look at from any of the broadsheets, tabloids, or whatever it is, then there's an argument. But it was interesting what Cookie just said and what you were talking about, as in, like, there's nobody like party. But actually, I feel like there's about five or six players in our team that you could say that about. Like, there's nobody like Zinchenko. Like, no. Tierney's trying to do that, like, inverted fullback type thing but he doesn't do it as good as Inchenko there's nobody like Erdegaard actually in our team that can do what he's been doing in terms of the way in which he picks the ball up he runs in between the lines he finds space in between the lines and then he plays balls in like Fabio Vieira was in that Brentford game where Erdegaard was injured did a really nice understudy job but he still doesn't do the same things that Erdegaard does there's nobody like Jesus like Eddie Nketiah is doing a nice sort of impression uh, but Eddie Nketiah is a goal scorer, and that's what he does instead of what Jesus does. And we've and we've seen that since we came back from the Christmas break. There's nobody like Saka. So I feel like that question is almost like we can't really afford to lose any of those big players at the moment. I take your point about the party thing because we don't have a, you know, maybe that's the biggest drop off. But all of them at the moment, we've just got to keep as many of those guys fit because if we can, then... Oof, I might start getting excited come April. I think party is the most important one, if I'm honest. Maybe Ramsdale, but party is the most important. What do you reckon, James? Because I think he every game he's getting better and better. Yeah, um, I, I echo what everybody said. Yeah, if we, if if he goes down. Um, Unless we go out, you know, if he goes down against Man United and we've still got time to buy someone, but who do you buy? Because there's, there's, for me, I, I don't know anyone else in the world that does what he can do. Um, if you can find him, then we should have bought him already because <laughs> we yeah. need one just in case. But where, where do you find one? Guys, uh, guys, absolutely sensational, absolutely and, sensational. And he's getting he, better, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> do you know when, I mean, when he when he first came, James? He was sensational. Then yes. he got injured. And then he wasn't sensational and people weren't giving him time. You know, it's like starting a new job, isn't it? And having a little bit of a dodgy period and then picking up again. And I just think he's absolute class. We cannot do without him, James. No, no. And it's, it's, like, we, it's like what uh, Chris was saying about dominance and control. That, that guy gives you complete dominance and control. And do you know what? I grew up loving watching Patrick Vieira. Every week watching Patrick Vieira, I was blessed. And when Thomas Party is in full flow, like Chris again mentioned, that Brentford game away, and games like yesterday where he is in complete—it's it, there's nothing better to watch for me. For me to watch yeah. someone like that just absolutely dictate a game—it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's beautiful scenes, absolutely it's, beautiful it, scenes. It is, and and absolutely beautiful football right everyone in the chat room you can throw some questions as as we're going to go through the goals and stuff now um and thank you for listening to the same old arsenal and irish schooner wherever you are is craig ever coming back he was back last week his complete computer blew up he hasn't got it fixed yet but he's coming back he would have been on tonight hopefully next week after we've beaten united can't believe i've even said that um touch wood but anyway um Chris, 
it, yes. it's a really strange goal. I can't explain what Larice was doing. And when it went in the back of the net, me and Carl looked at each other and went, it's in the net. We've scored. I, I didn't. Does anyone, do you understand what I mean by that? Or am I yeah, being yeah. I think there's a couple of things. It's probably the angle from where you're watching it on television. Um, I think as well, the away fans, if you notice, there's a, a split second between, there's almost like a bit of a silence yeah. as people are trying to work out what's happened. And then suddenly it just erupts, like the away corner, which is the further corner away from where that is, just erupts. And that was, uh, I found that quite um, quite amusing. What was more amusing as what was the uh, the response of Martin Tyler and Gary Neville, oh who God. were almost just like, "Oh, it's in." Yeah, distraught. What was interesting this though is so I've as I said I rewatched it again earlier, literally about an hour ago, an hour and a half ago, as we're recording, and the two goals that are scored, even Erdegaard's one, it was like Erdegaard, oh. He has scored. It was it was almost like that for that second goal. It was a really good goal that he scored, but the response was like negligible. However, having again because it's fresh in my mind, every time Harry Kane got near the ball, it was <laughs> raised level of voice or son raised level of voice. Sessing. Now I don't. I'm not going to go into conspiracy theories and say Mike Tyler and Gary Neville, are, you know, don't like Arsenal or anything like that. I don't think it's that. I think it's just that both naturally wanted to see the home fans a little bit more voiced in their opinions because they were pretty muted um, after we'd gone 2-0 up. And then I also think that they probably don't want Arsenal running away with the league and another victory that puts us eight points clear, maybe to the likes of Martin Tyler and Gary Neville, whose beloved Manchester United are also chasing us down. They don't want to see that. And so it's almost, it's not, I don't think it's an anti-Arsenal thing. I think it's an anti, you know, a team that's just so dominant. If, has anyone heard Peter Drury's reaction mm. to our goals? Yeah, Cookie, tell how amazing the difference between Martin Tyler and Gary Neville to Peter Drury. Wasn't I mean, it lovely to listen to? Peter Drury compared to Martin Tyler and Gary Neville. I mean, it's night nice and day. The guy, I, I, what he's doing like why is he not on sky sports he is genuinely a a gem of a commentator he could make the most boring goal sound exciting and you know that's kind of what he did on the first goal he raises his levels at the right times he's just absolutely a a plus commentator i rate him that highly so so good and we don't hear enough of him in this country um but yeah did a really really good job and you know i find i can't stand gary neville i'll be honest when uh i was listening back to his uh, post-match analysis yesterday and he was said oh no I don't I don't think Arsenal I don't think they'll win the league no 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 I think actually Manchester United will finish above them that's a terrible Gary Neville accent but you know Not what I, you know, well, you know, I'm getting there get in there but, <laughs> but can you imagine if the tables were turned like United just went eight points clear of the top of the league the, the stuff he would be spouting <clears throat> If it was United, I dread to think what he'd be coming out with. But it's obvious bias. I'm not going to get reeled into it. I mean, it's too late. I've got reeled into it. But uh, it just winds me up. The, the the media bias against Arsenal, you know, the FA bias against us with, yeah. you know, these recent um, fines that have come our way. You know, it is good because it shows we're back where we're meant to be. But it, it gets under your skin. It really is annoying. But as uh, welcome to the show, Zamir, we are back, people. The media are upset. Aren't they, James? They're so upset. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. I love it when people are upset with us. 
Yeah, it's because every big test, well, what they perceive is going to be the big test, we keep passing. So it's it's like it's like what uh, they've just said, you know, they they want a title race like what they've had with Liverpool and City the last couple of years, where they've had like nearly a hundred points each, and it goes this one that week, that one next, and where we've been on top for over Christmas and then after Christmas, then New Year, it they're getting wound up because. They, they feel as well, you know, they're all about the viewership now because they've so much of their football and their content's been stripped away that they're desperate to hold on to what they have. And that, it, that their whole thing is, is that the, if there is a race, you're more inclined for views. It was a bit like, you know, when Schumacher kept winning all the Grand Prix when, we, when I was young in the 90s, the viewership for Formula One went down because you knew before the start, oh, Schumacher's going to win that. And OK, Arsenal fans, we're going to watch all the games because if we keep winning, of course we are. But they want the, you know, their whole thing is, is that they want the neutrals as well as the fans of the clubs to keep watching. But when it's a foregone conclusion that Arsenal's going to win all the time, they're going to lose their viewership. And plus, Arsenal fans, I'm sorry, we do get rattled. <laughs> as oh, as, Cookie yeah. as clearly just said and we will react we will go back on twitter to gary neville shut your mouth we will go back to richard keys hey oh <laughs> i know. haven't richard I know. Keys, I know. talk about in a but, second but it's all of them you know so, so i normally quite like simon jordan but him today oh spurs had a great 10 minutes in that second half and martin keon went what game did you were, were you on your were you having your glass of, he said were you having your glass of wine at that time uh, but that's the thing you know they cling on to everything you know oh richarlison shoves aaron ramsdale oh that fan kicked aaron ramsdale oh we had a good 10 minutes yeah what was the score at the end you know it's interesting isn't it um chris because i don't know why we're hated if i'm honest we try and do things the right way We've cleaned up our acts. I'm sorry of our discipline. Look at Xhaka. I mean, we'll talk about Xhaka later, um, about the end of the game soon. But oh, anyway, I just want to, sorry, I wanted to get back to the goal. They honestly sounded like they were upset, um, the, com- the commentators. Upset, Chris. It was bizarre behaviour. But and I want to just point one thing out that I've wanted to say about this match, which I noticed. When we scored, Spurs went silent. And I mean silent. You couldn't hear the Arsenal fans until we scored because of the way they do their uh, microphones and everything. You couldn't hear them. The minute we scored, we then started to hear them. Spurs went silent at 1-0 down. The difference with our fans, if we go 1-0 down, you can't hear anything but us. And I feel that when you support your team, it's only 1-0, okay, against your rivals. You've got to build them up and pick them up. And, Chris, they didn't do it. But our fans, magnifico again. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Singing from the first minute to the last minute, you'd expect that from our lot. And, you know, for the first five, ten minutes, you're going to get a bit of noise at, at Tottenham, um, and especially in a North London derby. You know, it's the same when it's at the Emirates. We've, you know, for the first 15 minutes, it's an absolutely raucous atmosphere. And the job that you have to do as a team is to keep them quiet. And after about five minutes, when we started to control possession, we started to move the ball around, uh, players started taking up spots on the pitch where they were getting space and were able to to knock the ball around. And Saka was finding space time and time again against Sessegnon. I mean, it wasn't a fair matchup at times because you no. just see Saka, Saka pick up the ball and just drive. And it ma- it makes me smile that you've got Sessegnon that 
just sort of backed off of him, backed off of him. And then he just cut off any opportunity to cut inside. And Saka was just like, all right, you know, did you did you not see me whack one in with my right foot against Leeds? You know, I've been I've, I can I can quite happily go down the line as, and or in, in inside as well as checking back and outside, and that's what makes him so unpredictable. You know, for the for the second goal that we scored, he checks inside, plays the ball to Odegaard. Odegaard does the hard work, but again, if you're a left back looking at Saka bearing down on you, you're basically trying to second guess what he's going to try and do because he can right foot, left foot, he can take it down the line, he can come inside. And that makes it really difficult to get your body position right. Because if you know that someone's just a knock it down the line merchant, then you, you position your body differently. And then you just, you aim to just, as long as you have positioned yourself between the goal and and the uh, and and the full and, and the, the wide forward enough, then you can just let them knock, knock it down the line. If they're that rapid, sometimes you can't stop it. Sometimes you then need to back off. But what Saka does is he's so intelligent at being able to say, okay, well, I'm just going to evaluate a situation in a split second and be able to either go infield or either go down the line. And that's why he gets that space to be able to hook the ball in. And yeah, it's a Lloris mistake, but you've got to keep taking those chances. You've got to keep buying those tickets. Unbelievable. And I tell you what I found really unbelievable uh, cookie was how boring Tottenham were and how average I won't even call them a good side if I'm honest um how could you watch that week in week out no <laughs> um quite simply I mean the football is just the, the way they set up is the foot the football just negative um and they they were even more negative in the game yesterday I think it helps that we scored relatively early around the 15 minute mark because you know if it had gone on and on and on to around the 30 minutes it probably would have allowed them a chance to get back into the game all it takes is one opportunity and you know the game can turn on its head but by getting that early goal like you said earlier it just completely silenced the stadium swung everything in our favor and then we went on to to get the second which we'll we'll talk about as well but even in that second half when they were coming at us um you know it was sustained pressure but what were they doing with it I mean I never really felt particularly worried about what they were doing you know our our defensive game yesterday was brilliant by the way um Ramsdale was excellent but I thought Gabriel in particular yeah monstrous game and I think since uh since the return of football after the World Cup he's been low-key one of our best performers you know we were talking earlier on in the season about if there's one player in our back four that is maybe a little bit replaceable or a little bit, little bit erring on the side of caution in games, it's Gabriel. Forget that, quash that, because he has been world class, um, as has so many other players in this team. But him in particular, I've really been watching his game and thinking how good he's been. But I could say that about so many players. But um, yeah, no. Going back to your question, if I was a Spurs fan, I, I would be bored to tears. And you can see why they want um, change at the club at the highest level because. I mean, their recruitment, uh, they, they've spent even more money than us in the past year. And you look at who they bought in, Richarlison, no league goals. You know, they spent all that money on Jed Spence, never plays. You know, the good signings they have made came last January in Benton, Core and Kulisevsky. But apart from that, who have they really signed that's of any good? I don't know. Conte doesn't suit them. But I just want to break off here to just to say hello to Cancun Re. Hi, folks. As the only fan in my Korean community church, I left the service with a devilish smile. Korean, we just reach everywhere. Arsenal are so global, 
it's incredible. And I love the fact that we have so many foreign fans that are love this podcast and watch it and support. Honestly, I love you all. Um, James. Right. So first half's done. Did anyone think that he was going to give a penalty when he blew up for the first half? Was I? Was it a bit confusing? Yeah, that was odd. He did, he did give it. It was only because VAR overturned it because they realised how stupid... That's how inept Pawson is. He gave, he gave it. I thought he did. Yeah. I thought he did. Because I heard... Yeah. But the only one time Gary Neville was on our side, he went, what was he giving... That's not a penalty. It can't be a penalty. I remember him yeah. saying, he was doing what I was thinking. Is it a penalty? What's he giving a penalty for? Yeah. Is it a penalty? And then, thank God, he blew up for half time. No. So... He, go, he goes completely over his leg and then proceeds to start rolling after. Absolute joke that Hoybjerg. He really is. Oh, it, well. I, I listen. I want to talk just about just because he runs. Just because he runs around and kicks people, they think he's one yeah. of the best midfielders in the league. It's like that defender that they had. How many tackles did he make after he got his first booking? Still stayed on the pitch. That I know. How many conversations did what that person have? Romero. Where is Romero? Name? That's it. Yeah, he, he went up to him like three times after, like, mate, you've got one more. You've got one more. You've got what? It was a joke. He should have been sent off. It, it was. It was because he was too scared to upset their fat. James, the ref, the ref actually, was intimidated. He was a coward. He was too scared to do it. I thought the ref was all right yesterday. At no, most no, points, no, 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 no. Shocking. Okay. No, shocking. Anyone else in the in chat room think he was good or he wasn't? Um, I, I felt it, he was maybe better than I expected. Maybe. Um, so. Craig wanted me to bring up something. Um, we come out second half and he wants to talk about the fact that our first 15, 20 minutes, how disciplined we were, how controlled we were. There was no panic stations. Um, Chris, did you feel like that? I I felt it was a very odd North London derby. For me, it was so one-sided for a start. And especially as we hadn't won there for nine years. Um, that's why I went for a draw. But can you see what um, Craig was saying? Yeah, I definitely can. I think, again, I need to caveat it because I would be a lot more nervous watching it live. It, it, 2-0, at 2-0 at, at half-time, you're going in saying, first half, brilliant, job done. I'll have, another, I'll, I'll have another second half like that first half, please. But you're never going to get that much control and dominance. Tottenham are never going to, in a North London derby, just give you that much freedom so you've got to expect some kind of pushback and that's essentially what, what they tried to give us but it always felt and again perhaps I'm looking at this through the the prism of seeing the game having knowing the result so re-watching it all having knowing the result but it just felt like we were a team that knew that we could play within ourselves and still just keep them at arm's length. So, yeah, they created chances. Yeah, they had a little bit more ball. But we knew that at 2-0, we can pick them off as well. And we probably should have picked them off, actually, in that second half, like mm. the Nketiah chance. Um, and there's one Nketiah chance where he just gets a... He fashions himself. It was just to the left and inside the box, to the left of the D, where he fashions a little chance and he opens his body up and you just think, just leather that, like, open your body up, open your, your, your feet up and then just curve it into the top corner. And he just kind of... Daisy cuts it into um, into Loris. But yeah, it felt like we were almost keeping them at arm's length because we didn't have to go to hell for leather. Cookie, so that's what we were talking about was the fact that we were disciplined and controlled. Um, I always end in the back of my mind, please don't sack a get 
um, yellow card or Saliba because we desperately need them against United next Sunday. So that was always in the back of my mind. Um, I thought Saka was absolutely incredible. But every game is incredible. The boy doesn't stop and the boy is absolutely... And I will say this now. I actually think he's virgin on world class. I really do think that. He's um, already there. Yeah, I, I, I do believe in this quite... I, we've got a few others that probably can be... We can say that about. But definitely Saka is unbelievable. Um, and John Rowe said it. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Sit tight for the first 15 minutes of the second half. And that's what we did. So um, Arteta and his tactics were just spot on. Um, I love Zinchenko. You know I prefer him to Tierney, um, Cookie. We've often argued because you and Chris prefer the Tierney side at, at times. Um, Not anymore. No? Okay, so you've changed your mind on that. But I just want to go to Cookie yesterday. Do you think, because I wanted him on, actually. I love Zinchenko and what he brings us. But I wanted Tierney on. Were you on that train, as they say? Or mm. were you happy with everything that was going on with Zinchenko? No, I didn't want Tierney on yesterday, I'll be honest. The only reason I wanted Tierney on maybe towards the latter stages was to preserve Zinchenko. But, you know, you, you make it sound like we're, you know, we're at each other, we're at each other's throats over Tierney <laughs> Zinchenko. I've always maintained there's going to be games for Zinchenko and there's going to be games for Tierney. But I'm going to go back on myself there because every game is a game for Zinchenko now. You know, yeah, that's, doesn't, that's doesn't matter where I am. Yeah. Because we, we are keeping so much control in games. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, the defensive side of things is important, but keeping control and dictating play, to me, is even more important. When you look at what Zinchenko did yesterday, there was a moment where he took the ball on the left did a couple of one-twos in midfield and ended up on the right. He he is that much of an exceptional addition to not just the defence, but the, he's a midfielder. Like, let, let's have it right. He he is a midfielder when we've got the ball. Um, and he's just so intelligent. The passes he plays, his control, his calmness, his confidence. I love him. I absolutely love him. But what I also loved about him yesterday, which has been my slight reservation about him, was the defensive side of the game because I thought he did such a good job on Kulisevsky. The amount of headers he won in the first half, towards the second half where you could tell he was tiring a little bit, Kulisevsky maybe got the better of him. But for the most part, coming up against one of the best wingers in the Premier League did an outstanding job. And for me, as harsh as it is, and as much as I love Tierney because I really, really do, he just doesn't get in the team. He doesn't even come close to being in the team at the minute ahead of Zinchenko because he is that important to the way we play. When he's fit, Zinchenko plays. Simple as that. And that's what Carl was saying yesterday. But I think when he was getting tired, that's when I wanted Tierney on just to make sure the defensive side. So, James, are you a Tierney or a Zinchenko? I mean, look, I'm not putting them against it. It's just that 
I've always been Sinchenko. <laughs> I love Tierney, but I've always been Sinchenko. As soon as we signed him, I, I was. I'm, I'm sorry. The level, the level's gone up. And as much as I like Kieran Tierney, he ain't ever getting there. Sorry, he, he's not. He's one of them that I look at this summer. He's not going to be content with being second choice, but he's someone that's going to get us some money because we're going to have to spend. We we all know we're going to have to spend big this summer. Because rightfully so, when you win the league, it's all about having to retain it. We haven't won it yet. Oh when my when goodness. you win the league, Amanda, you have to you have to settle in and get ready for the season after to how you're going to retain that title. And we need to splash big money on that number six that's going to sit underneath Thomas Party. We need to go and buy one. And that's going to be about an 80 to 100 million pound purchase on that player. So as much as you can recoup, the better. And Kieran Tierney on his day will still get us money from somebody. Oh, because yeah. Because he's, he's not going to be content being a second choice. And do you know what? As much as I like Kieran Tierney, I'd be like, all the power to you, mate. Go go be first choice somewhere else. Because he's, oh, he's not awful, but the level for us now is so far up. And T- Tierney's never going to be that player. What Sinchenko he... gives you is so, so good. You're not going to find someone like it. If he was happy to play the substitute part, though, we'd keep him, wouldn't we? No, because he's not happy to play such a part. No, if he was, James, I'm just yeah, but you, Yeah, but he's not going to be. <laughs> no, I know. It's such a shame. I, I've always loved Tierney, but I get what you're saying. But I absolutely love Sinchenko. And what Sinchenko brings as well is experience of winning the Premier League. His experience. He's not. He thinks as well. And I just absolutely love the way do, we play. Do you, know, do you know what else he did really well yesterday, Amanda? And this is something that City never used to get criticised for. You know how they'd make those chick. They they used to call them when other teams do it. Are oh, they dirty or they're just? But when City used to do it, it was smart fouls. Yeah. Or when they were used to run the clock down, are oh, they smart and they're clever? When he got subbed yesterday, every single I'm going to clap that bit. I'm going to bat, tap that for a little while. I'm going to clap again. He took forever to get off that pitch. And I know. I was like, Brilliant. Run that clock down. Run it down. <laughs> I was arguing with Carl. I said he's walking off that pitch so slowly and he's he's clever. It is clever. Um, okay, so the second Erdegaard, I, I mean, look, we can't we can't spend another 20 minutes talking about Erdegaard. We could easily Why not? No, because we've got other we've done 46 minutes already. We just need to do a show on Erdegaard, I'm telling you. Um, can, can I just say after my Odegaard yesterday? Party. Yeah, go on. I started to think I might love Odegaard more than some of the members of my family. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, there's no doubt in my mind I love Erdegaard. What a captain, magnificent Martin, magnificent. He's just Chris, go, because I know how much you love him. Yes, I do. Um, I love the way in which he finds space on a football field where you sometimes don't know that that space exists. I love that he's just as good going forward as, but he's, sorry, he's just as good in his pressing back and dropping back to be able to support his team as he is going forward, uh, and that's really important in the Mikel Arteta side. Like Eddie Nketiah was tracking back like in the second half. And the reason he's knackered half the time is because all of them, actually, they all do their bit defensively as a unit. And Erdegaard is exactly the same. But because of his passing range as well, we're able to spring traps, but across different parts of the pitch. So this isn't just an Erdegaard thing because Xhaka does it, Party does it. Um, you've got Sinchenko that can do it. 
we've got players that have such range in their passing ability and Erdegaard is just the best at that. I mean, we saw that um, last week with uh, with his, what was it? It was the Brighton game, wasn't it? With the, the most beautiful sort of curved past set Martinelli. Oh, God, That's what yeah. he's got in his locker. And he was doing, he, he's doing, he's been doing those things every single week. And that's why when we talked earlier about Party's the most important player. Well, imagine if we we lost Erdegaard for a period of time. Like we wouldn't be the same team no. because you wouldn't get players finding that space. And when you've got a player like that as well, what happens between teams that decide they either decide right we're going to just put a man on him and almost lose themselves a player that which is a dangerous strategy because if he can still float into space, then you know you've got a problem. Um, and it also opens up space for other players as well. So even when Erdegaard is perhaps being like essentially man-marked in a game, it just brings other players into play. So I, I just I can't speak highly enough of him. And once again yesterday, also goal scoring. He's added goal scoring. And that is a massive thing for our midfield. I'll say one more thing. Um, three years ago, four years ago, we were all worried because our midfielders got a collective of, do you remember it was like Granite Xhaka got one goal in the season, Danny Ceballos got zero, yeah. El Nenny gets zero. We've now got Granite Xhaka on sort of five, I think. We've got Thomas Partey on three. We've got Erdegaard on like eight. You know, Saka and Martinez. We're spreading the goals from, from around this team and that makes us really dangerous. And that is why when Jesus doesn't score, he brings so much more to the team that there's not necessary because we are banging them in from everywhere. And I just want to find that. Zamir said, the first captain to score home and away against them lot in the same season since Patrick Vieira for my captain. I mean, he is just awesome. I'm not going to go on again about the people that didn't want him. It doesn't matter. You all want him now. And, and the fact that he has just been better than any of us could imagine. Cookie, isn't he? Has he just been better than we thought he could be? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be a real pain and correct that comment because he didn't score at home. Oh. Sorry to be a pain. <laughs> um, I think it what, what was it, Jacka, Jesus, and Partey in the home game. Um, and me, has, let me down had, there. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, mate. I'm really sorry. He has scored for us at home. He was in his um, loan spill when uh, it was what behind closed doors. Um, but I mean, if you fast forward from then to now, oh, what a player! Absolute leader in this team, and like we were saying earlier. Um, with regards to Partey, Erdegaard is another one that you just can't replace because who comes in and gives us what he gives us in terms of work rate, quality and output? Because that's the one criticism I think we've all had of... I think we had it about Saka, Martinelli and Erdegaard last season. I mean, if you look at that front six, basically, everyone beyond the defence, it's, it's every player that we had last season. Nothing's changed there. Difference is they're all fit but they've all raised it a level. Some of them have raised it two levels. And I think Erdegaard is definitely one of them. He just looks so composed, so confident in his own ability. Really mature player, perfect captain. Um, I, I could wax lyrical about the guy, but like you said, that that would take me into uh, into tomorrow morning. Uh, James, do you feel the same? Amanda, did you watch the afters on Sky where they yeah. interviewed? Yeah. Did you, did, when him and Ramsdale were talking, and he said, oh, Aaron told me to shoot more this week because we've we've drilled. He said, Lloris is slow on that side when he goes yeah. down. So that goal, the way, obviously, the build-up and everything, they've obviously... But, yeah, to pull the... Tri- I'm, I was like... Because he, he tried it before. 
and Larice parried it out for a corner, if you remember. Yeah. So I'm like, he's 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 had that all week in his head, like I'm gonna bang one here. And yeah, it was I like you said, the way that Sky obviously earlier didn't commentate, that's one of the best goals in the derby that we've seen for ages. And it just oh. it it felt like Oh, it's just a you know, it's a two 0 uh, to them anyway. To me, I was I was screaming my bungalow down, but <laughs> but to them it was it was like a nothing goal. But yeah, it, it's one of the best I've seen, obviously since that Brzezinski one, I think. Oh, and Flamini's. Oh, Flamini, I love that one. Yeah, I'm just gonna read something to you that um, Carl sent me. Arsenal after 18 games in the Invincible year, yeah, um, played 18 the same. We won 12 at this stage, okay? We won 12 this season. We've won 15. We drew six. We've only drawn two. We lost, obviously, nothing. We lost one. We've scored 34. This season, we've scored 42. We conceded 12. We conceded 14. Um, 42 points then and 47 now. If we wouldn't have lost to United, it could have been on for the Invincibles again. But. Do you know what though? Can I just can I add to some of those stats? So again, forty-seven points so far. We reached a halfway point in our season with the Man United game. Yeah, if we win that, fingers crossed. I think it'll be a really tough game uh, to get that. But if we do win it, that's that's fifty points at the halfway. So we're in for a hundred-point season. That's what we're trending at. We won't get to a hundred points. But I start you start to think about okay, so how many games do you normally win if you're going to win a Premier League? And I had a little look. Um, last season, City got 29. The season before, it was 27. This is, these are wins. I'm not looking at draws or defeats. Mm. The season before that was 32. And I think that was City or Liverpool because there's two 32-game seasons. Then you've got a third 32, a 30, and then a, a 20. The last time it was won with quite a, a low number of wins was Leicester, who won it with 23. But... City and Liverpool have been doing this for a number of years where they essentially go practically flawless for most of the season and then get a few draws and they'll lose one or two games. This season is different because City have already drawn three and lost three. Newcastle have drawn eight and lost one. Man United have drawn two and lost four. So I think this season is going to be closer towards that kind of Leicester, probably a 25, 26, 27 wins gets it to you. When you start breaking down the maths on that, we've got 15 at the moment. If we win 12 more games, that might be the sort of, we might be talking at the sort of numbers that could be really close towards winning it. Depends a lot upon, you know, second half of the season, we could get a Man yeah. City that just caught, catch a light. And, and win sort of 16 of their eight of their remaining 19. But you start to break down the numbers and it starts getting a little bit tasty. Also, just, just adding into that quickly, we've got, I believe, more home games than any of the teams around us. Um, so mm. I think City have got 11 away games, nine at home. Same for United. And we've got 11 at home, nine away. And our away form's impeccable. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we're just impeccable at the moment. It's brilliant. I want to, there's so I mean, we're at 55 minutes already and we haven't even covered half the stuff I want to cover. Um, let's just talk about um, the Ramsdale incident. Okay. Um, obviously, everyone knows that he was getting a lot of stick behind the goal, like all goalkeepers do. He turned around when we won, he kissed his badge, he said 2 0, whatever he did. Um, Ricarlison actually caused a lot of this and he, he started with Tommy, Tommy Asu on the um, sidelines. And I don't know if everyone's seen this, but he, he's a little 
Oh, I, uh, Spiteful. Toad. Um, just not necessary. So then, obviously, Ramsdale goes to pick up his gloves and his drink. He wasn't even looking at the crowd. He turns his back and some thug comes running down with a scarf over half his face, kicks him in the back, and all hell lets loose. Yeah? And I know for a fact that everyone at Tottenham have condemned this and that fan will be banned. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I don't care how much you hate somebody, you do not attack anybody, full stop anyway, um, let alone a player on the field of play that you've been given stick to for 45 minutes. Now, <clears throat> to just to turn this into a bit of lighthearted funniness is when Arteta um, was congratulating, I think it was Thomas Party, and then he sees Xhaka uh, run the length of the pitch to get to Ramsdale. You see Arteta running after him. It, it, it's quite a funny clip. I don't know if everyone's seen this and noticed it. Um, and for once, Arteta was praised by Key Packet today to say, well done, because if he didn't do that, World War Three would have erupted on the pitch. And to me, this has started with Ricarlison because he didn't need to do what he did to Ramsdale. Um, James, do you understand what I'm saying by this? But with Ricarlison, he's a little yeah, yeah and, and, merchant. and um, I'm really happy that the fan has been caught and punished. They've actually renewed his ticket has that actually for, happened, yeah. They've renewed his season ticket for next season, so he's been punished <laughs> free of charge. <laughs> I, I do the jokes around here. Um, <laughs> no, no, do you know what? Richarlison always has been an antagonizer. That's when he was at Everton, when he ran with the flare in his hand and everything. That's that's what he is. That's what he does. And he done nothing all game. And he thought, oh, the game's over. What can I do to make a name for myself per se? Oh, I know what I'll do. I mean, we've had all these retrospective charges. I mean, I've watched I've watched most of the games this weekend. The Fernandez goal that should never have been a goal. Yeah. Um, the City players all surround the ref and the linesman as did the United ones. So that's two fines there, please. Um, Fulham versus Newcastle, when the penalty, all the Newcastle players with Trippier leading it all around the red. I want to find there, please. The Fulham ones complaining that it is a penalty. I want to find for them as well, please. Because this is, you know, failure to control your players. So there's four fines there that I want to see. But Richarlison has to get something because he taps. I know it's nothing big, but he touches his face regardless of yeah. what you do, he's touched his face. And that that's just, you know, game over, during a game, whatever. You can't be doing that. You can't is be it... doing that. And and that did, you know, pardon the pun, probably spur that fan on it to did. jump in to jump in there. I mean it, it, it was it was absolutely ridiculous. I'd be I'd be absolutely ashamed if that was the other way round and an Arsenal fan done it. And you see the nearest steward is laughing. Yeah. So I, ho I hope he loses his job. I don't really. I, I don't ever want. I don't ever want to see anyone lose their job. However, that that guy, I really do because I'm like, if you think that's funny, then you're in the wrong profession. No, but what, but what is funny? And Melissa Broadbent has nailed it. It's like running after your naughty toddler in the supermarket. It's exactly what Arteta did with Xhaka. I loved watching that, and it did make me laugh. I have to say, but I do think Ricarlison should get done because he actually. Didn't he, Cookie? Do you not think that, that he actually antagonised the situation? Richarlison's just mental. Like, if we were in school, he would always be out of the classroom. No doubts about it. He's that kid that's got 
borderline, well, he's got anger issues. It's just an absolute fact of the matter. If you've seen what he did with Tobiyasu, where he's just slapped his arms away, I mean, who who does that? It's so weird. It's so petty. The guy's always got frowned eyebrows. Um, just mental, just an absolute bizarre geezer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's not helped himself. I mean, he's come on, he's done nothing in the game, obviously frustrated. Ramsdale's doing his best to wind him up, but it's football. Like we've had this happen so many times against us. I mean, the amount of times that Newcastle wound us up in the game at home, but you don't see us going on there and kicking players. And I'm not going to label all Spurs fans under the same, uh, you know, because they're they're not all like that. Every single football club has idiots. I mean, I guarantee, you know, as much as we love to say our supporters are brilliant, we will have a couple of idiots in there. Every single club in the world does. But it's just absurd that a player can get that close to a, a, a fan can get that close to a player and remember when Eric Dyer went into the stands at Spurs I mean it's just weird there seems to be a real problem with stewardmanship at, at Spurs so yeah it did put a little sour taste at the end of the game but you know it's, it's, a, it's a very small thing they've got to get charged for it I mean Richardson's completely instigated that and it's not just I know you're saying JJ it was a little tap on the face it's not really that little of a tap like he probably grabs his face twice and pushed his head out of the way. Like, it's, mm. it's nasty. It's violent. I, I think um, it looks soft because Ramsdale's so hard, isn't it? It's petty, but like you say, he's touched him on the face. If that was in the game, it, it's a red card. So, yeah, they've got to see They've got to see action for that. Out of all the games this weekend, that's the one I want to see disciplinary action go against. But what... And I agree with you, Cookie, and they should and they will because um, that would definitely have to be uh, looked at by the FA. But, Chris, um, what Arteta did then, obviously, then all the players, then he tried to ch- like not cheer them up but try to get them to understand what they've just achieved. Eight points clear, two goals, clean sheet, beating them at the lane. We haven't done it for nine years and, you know, we're on an amazing run here. And he brings all the players towards the fans that are going mental. So he knows what it means to us. We know what it means to them. And we are just one. And I don't think anyone can break that. Yep, definitely. Um, And this has been happening for quite a while now, actually. This has been building uh, this connection between fans, uh, management, people at Arsenal and the the players on the pitch as well. Even things like um, what they're doing to the, the stadium, which we'll all see. Uh, for those of us able to go on Sunday, which we'll all see, is that is that up yet? It's it's all around the stadium now. They're starting the to park. put it up. It should all be finished by Brentford, apparently. Right. Yeah, um, so that's the connection. That's the connection that we're starting to get. It seems like after a few years of people questioning, like the connection between club fans and players, we're really actually getting that now. And that's really, really nice to see. Um, just a quick one on, on Richarlison. £60 million. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I was just looking at some numbers. £60 million, 16 football matches he's played this season. Uh, two goals, uh, both of them in the game against Marseille. So that's zero goals in the Premier League. He's credited with three assists this season, one of which assist was the penalty, the penalty that he got against us at uh, the Emirates. That's one of his assists. So... Yeah, not a great player. Hopefully he continues to remain not a great player. And as long as he's delivering that kind of few outputs as possible, then then I'm happy. Okay, I'm just going to put this up because someone's donated. Thank you, Unique79. 
Panel, I believe we dodged a bullet with Mudrick going to Chelsea, but we are 16 days into the January transfer market and we haven't signed anyone to improve our options on the bench. Should we be concerned about this? Right, so James, Chris and Cookie, in one word, yes or no, are you concerned? Yes. 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 I'm not. Isn't it weird? Okay. I understand why. All your reasons are because if one of them gets injured. Chris summed it up earlier. Chris summed it up earlier. Put, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. No. And look at that squad level where we are now, in the position where we are now, and think that that can sustain this challenge. Add to it, secure the league, then add to it again when we win the league to retain the league in the summer. Unique, 79, thank you. Three of them agree. I think maybe because I'm just rising on a wave. I do get it. Um, We've got 14 days left, though. Um, And I trust Edu and Arteta complicitly with this. In Arteta, we trust. There you go. Yeah, in terms of recruitment, 100%. 100%. If you lot can stay on for a bit longer, there's just a few more things I want. If you have to go, just let me know. Um, Jamie O'Hara on TalkSport was the funniest thing when he said, he was right ranting about Tottenham and he went, Arsenal, it was like we were playing a testimonial. Arsenal, it looked like Arsenal were playing in a testimonial against his own club. Oh, please. I love that. I love that. And, and the buzz. Did you, see the, did you buzz. see the video of him, Amanda? What, in Dubai or wherever yeah. he is? Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> All the, the Arsenal fans filming him. And he's, just, yeah, well. and he's telling everyone where to go. I mean, that's that's just the fun of it, isn't it? Um, I'm, do a little bit of Richard Keys. He's again had a go at Arteta. It's brilliant. I think what he's doing, he's trying to make him, make him worthwhile again, isn't he? Putting himself back into being discussed, which is what we're doing. And I know I'm the worst for it. Um, by by just going at Arteta because we're top. Do you think that, Chris, or do you think there's other reasons? The man is an irrelevance these days. His uh, outdated and archaic opinions on football don't really have a place. And so what he's trying to do is remain relevant by doing, you could call it the TalkSport tactic. Let's find a a group, a collective of fans um, that we can really try and find some some inflammatory sort of statements or a a, a viewpoint, and then let's really lean into that. And that's what he's decided to do now, because I guarantee you that uh, there, as you could probably show me on four or five occasions this season, by the time we get to the end of the season, Jurgen Klopp, who will have been snarling at an official or stood outside his technical box, Richard Keyes is an irrelevance. We should spend as little time talking about him as possible. I know, and I'm the worst for it, Chris, because I would tell everyone to stop talking about him. I can't stop. I can't stop tweeting him. I'm like Keith Hackett. I said to him today when he said when he praised Arteta, I said, "Gonna ask Richard Keyes if he agrees." Um, I just want to say hello to Albert JTV. Yes, same old Arsenal family. North London will forever be red. Not North London, London, my lovely. I keep correcting everyone. The whole of London is red. Um, oh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Okay, let's just quickly jump on to what's coming up. So, the funniest thing is <laughs> for Spurs fans, they play City on Thursday night. Now, they very rarely lose up there as well. And as my City friends have said, they were absolutely cack against us. They're going to turn into world beaters on Thursday night, which is funny. 
They often, honestly, they often do. If you look at their stats. Now, <laughs> we actually can't lose, can we, Cooks? Whatever the score is, we can't lose. No, I, honestly, I, I'd be really surprised if Spurs turned it on at City. I mean, part of me hopes they do, but I just can't see it happening. But then again, from what I've seen of City, I mean, watching them in the Manchester derby, I, I've not seen a City team that lacking in ideas for so long. They just gave the ball away so much. When you compare it to our performance in terms of how they want to play the game, how they want to dominate, they weren't doing any of that. They really lack control in that Manchester derby. So anything could happen in that game. I mean, Tottenham need the points. City definitely need the points. So I hope we see two teams going at it. I'd be more than happy with a 1-1 draw, um, something like that. You know, I don't want City getting too close to us. I don't want Spurs getting too excited about anything. And then they play each other again the week after. So I am I am looking forward to seeing how that plays out. But the game I'm going to be keeping a closer eye on is probably the Palace-United game, yeah. given that we've got yeah. them coming up. I think they've got... Um, Varane and Casemiro, both on four yellows. So potentially another yellow there could see one of them out. I'm not sure if I've got that right. I hope I have. Um, but I mean, they, they've won a lot of games going into our game against them on Sunday. And uh, this is Palace always obviously a tricky game. It's one that, you know, a lot of top teams go to and struggle against. But Palace haven't been so great this season. But United, as good as they have been, and they've won a lot of games, don't get me wrong, they have played a lot of teams in the bottom five of the Premier League, throwing a championship side, a, a League One side as well. Can't discredit the win against um, Man City. That's a great result for them. But I, I want to see how they do in a notoriously tough away game in the Premier League. And hopefully, tire them out. We'll have a week's rest. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It's uh, interesting. Um, I just would like to put this up. Sorry, I love this. Welcome to the show, Avon. In fairness to City, they have the second best Norwegian in the league. <laughs> I don't know if we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But um, but it's true, though. Tottenham have to turn it on, as Carl said. They have to. They have to get top four. I mean, what an absolute appalling season it will be for them if they don't, James. Yeah, They've got to go for it. I couldn't I could care less. I couldn't care less. Oh, we got to keep doing. We got to keep doing what we're doing. And do you know what? Cookie summed it up a minute ago. The games that Man United have played, other than the City one, if they didn't win them games, they'd be calling for Ten Hag's head. They're all games that they. If you're Man United, you're expected to win, but they ain't winning on Sunday. As much as their fans are saying, "I don't fear Arsenal," I don't fear them. We're going to do predictions in a second, but I'm just talking yeah, about City no Spurs on Thursday night. We've got Palace United. Don't, don't care. I know, and I was thinking that, actually. It's quite nice to watch it knowing we're eight points clear and we can just enjoy it, really. Um, Okay, Suburban. Suburban, do you think that, I'm just going to ask you and the others, that City or United are our biggest challengers? Uh, Absolutely, without a a shadow of a doubt, it's Manchester City. Okay. Cookie? Hmm... I think at this moment in time, I probably would edge towards United. I, if we blow them out of the water on Sunday, then that might change. But I think the worry I've got with City is that they are capable of going on something like a 10-game winning run. So with that in mind, I'm going to just edge towards City. Well, I'd also... Can I just... One more thing on that. The reason also, right, I'm not sure on Manchester United is they were fortunate against City. City didn't play well and they were still relying on some a lot of fortune from some mm. shocking refereeing. 
they were fortunate against us. They shafted us on the counter. That's what I worry about for the weekend, having 70% of the ball, and they just get space in behind our fullbacks and punish us. Yeah, but the difference is we've we've got party there. We didn't have him at Old Trafford. I think that's going to be the difference maker. Yeah, good point. Good point. Right. So I'm going to come for your predictions now. So everybody in the chat room, tell us what you think. Arsenal v Man United next Sunday at half past four at the Emirates, where I'll be there. Cookie, you'll be there next Sunday. Suburban, mm-hmm. you'll be there. James? Don't know. You'll be You don't, don't know. know. Don't know yet. Right. Um, I'm going to put all your predictions up. James, your prediction for Sunday, please. Arsenal 2, Manchester United 1. Seems to be Nigel Plum said the same. Alex yeah. has said the same as well. I'm sorry, Alex, I can't say your second name, but Z- Zananob, whatever it is. Um, thank you for your prediction. Unique 79 has gone 2-1. It seems to be the main one. Phil Mack has gone 2-0. Suburban? Yeah, it does feel like a bit of a 2-1. I just worry. I do worry about that getting skanked on the counter. But I'll, I'll go with 2-1 because that's what the consensus seems to be. God, there's a lot of everyone's winning here. There's no draws. Cookie, what are you thinking? 3 0. Whoa. Billy, big balls over there. Well, do you, do you, I'm just thinking, do you remember when we played Man United in 2015 16 when they were coming to us? I think they were on a bit of a run at the time as well. It was when they had like Morgan Schneiderlin in the team and uh, we just blew them out of the water in the first couple of minutes. I think it was Alexis got a great goal. Um, yep. Ozil got, it was just uh, formidable. It was. One of the best first 10 minutes I've seen at the Emirates. And we just completely controlled that game from the first minute to the last. I could just see us doing that on Sunday. I'm getting too, I'm getting too cocky. As I'm listening to this back, I can definitely feel I'm getting too complacent. I would, don't get me wrong, I would take a really scrappy 1-0. But to put in like a really commanding 3-0, just to kind of put United back in their box and to assert our dominance. Oh, beautiful. Well, I'm going with Hatchie, 1-0 to the Arsenal. I think it's going to be a lot tighter than we think. But they do play Palace, I think, Thursday night. And Carl is right as well. City played twice before our match on Sunday. Gap could be down to two points by the time we play, which obviously puts a little bit of pressure on. We'll have to wait and see. That's why I think we want Tottenham City to draw on Thursday night. Um, oh, it's just been an amazing show. And I, an hour and 14. And I've got so many other things that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about how amazing Ben White's been. You know, Xhaka was in Mench yesterday. Um, oh, Gabrielle, absolutely. Saliba, it was. And we're going to have to wait until we come back next Monday night for our post-game show after United. Um, Everyone in the chat room, you've been incredible. Honestly, fantastic with all your comments, your support. I'm sure you've all pressed like, because if you're top of the league, you must have pressed like. Um, I want to thank my fantastic guests. James, LL Cool J, tell everyone where they can find you and chat with you. Yeah, there it is, LL Cool James 91. And remember, get on the train, Amanda. Get on the Arsenal. We're going to win the league train. So, Come on, hurry up. James, James has been asking me to get on this train for about four weeks or three weeks, and I've not... A lot longer. It's been like eight or nine. But what I've said is if we beat United on Sunday, I'll be on the train with you, okay? Um, Cookie, thank you again, as as always. My little regular stalwart, as they say. Um, where can everyone find to chat with you? You can find me to chat with me uh, at jcook96 on Twitter. 
feel free to slide into the DMs anytime. <laughs> literally sounds like you're going for he wants you profile. He wants you to slide Yeah, into I know. The I know. I was worried about what I was going to say. I just don't know if my girlfriend's watching or not. <laughs> um, Suburban, where can everyone find you? And who writes a blog every single day? Yes, I do. Uh, uh, SuburbanGooners.com is the website and just at SuburbanGooners.com. Your Wi-Fi went a bit funny then, Suburban Guna. Um, Zamir, cheers, PG. Cheers, dudes. We are top. We are top, people. I'm just going to put a few um, comments up. Thank you so much, Nigel. Good show as always, people. Great comments in the chat. See you all next Monday for the United Review Show. Absolutely. Thank you, Sultan. Great stream as always. That's lovely for you to say. Hatchy, great show tonight. Um, Karen Russell loved it as always seriously best podcast out there that is so lovely of you to say um, apparently I need <laughs> I need to stop being a Karen I'm not sure why what have I been a Karen for I've no idea but that is funny uh, Rancid Pumpkin I love that name thank you Amanda and panel great show as always you've been brilliant Carl Stuck says well done Chris and Cookie um, where's the love for James I yeah, know. And it's a great Bob. show, Amanda. It's above it. It's above That's it. Very nasty. It's, it's right. above it. He's told me he's told me oh, I smashed it. There you go. Look. James no, LL Cool J smashed it. He could have done it all in one sentence. Strange. Um PJ always rocks. Let's end it on there. There we go. Let's just end it on that. That's lovely. Um, everyone, thank you so much. As I said, we'll be back next Monday night around half seven after we've beaten United. Yes, I'm feeling positive. Um, you've been incredible. Listen, our team's incredible. We're eight points clear. If you can't enjoy it now, I feel sorry for you. Get on the train with LL Cool J and let's make this season one to remember. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the same old Arsenal pod and we'll be back soon. Remember, always Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.